Welcome everyone. This is MABCX newsletter of the 22nd of February 2022. We've originally planned for a completely different topic for today's newsletter until we saw the date. 22022022. Beautifully symmetric, doesn't happen very often. Probably a lot of people getting married today. Very special. There is no way we would have let this pass without talking about the power of symbolism. This goes way beyond custom experience, of course. It has a particular relevance for our topic, though, and we'll get to that in a bit. Psychologically, we're connected to symbols on a very foundational level of our existence. It's a place where rationality has no power. Symbols induce deep memories and emotions in us and often fuel our imagination. Fee already this will go a bit too esoteric? Don't worry, it won't. Symbolism is great for business. And we'll get to that. Deeply anchored inside our minds, symbols unfold their power through emotional and subconscious channels. More powerful than any rational argument could ever be. As such, we've always used them to express our awareness of the divine, like myths or legends about truth, honor, justice, heroism, love, wisdom, forgiveness, or courage. The Christian cross, the Star of David, Islam's Star and Crescent, or the Eye of Horus from Old Egypt indicate our connections to a higher being. All those symbols are charged with an almost infinite amount of energy. They can heal, they can unite, but they can also make people go to war for them. Symbols bring people together. Not just religion, even all empires use symbolisms. The quintessential symbol of Rome and her empire is Lupa, the she-wolf, raising the twins Romulus and Ramus. And Rome's armies carried standards with an eagle on top, and it was considered the ultimate humiliation to lose it to an enemy army. Rome soldiers went to great lengths to defend and recover lost eagles. Then there's China. China's rich history offers many symbols, changing with the dynasties, but what remains to the day is the dragon. Americans all group behind the star-spangled banner and their children must speak the Pledge of Allegiance I pledge my allegiance to the flag of the United States and so on every morning at 9 a.m. in school. The Soviet Union was represented by the characteristic hammer and sickle. And in one of the darkest episodes in human history, the Nazis proved to be the ultimate experts in symbolism. The swastika, the salute, the architecture, the language, the cathedral of light and so much more. Propaganda is just another word for their highly integrated symbolism. They've created the ultimate playbook that is still being used to the day. So now let's get to the point. How is this all good for business? Why do we need to talk about this? First, all our history is tribal. We want to belong. A tribe gives meaning, happiness and makes us emotionally more resilient. Marketing people know that. So they give their brands tribal attributes. BMW is power. Apple is different. And Walmart is saving people money. These brand identities are manifested in corporate symbols, languages and behavior. Now, the BMW key in my hand, for example, symbolizes strength. My iPhone in the pocket makes me, in a way, special. And then shopping at Walmart makes me a reasonable person. Now, BMW drivers with iPhones shopping at Walmart 
interesting combination? Yeah, but why not? After spending all the money for the nice car and the premium phone, they have to save it somewhere else. Well, after all, we're able to serve more than just one tribe at a time. It's just important for us that we belong. As a Christian, you can go into any Christian church in the world and you immediately belong. It's amazing that Rome has this global franchise of churches easy to spot by the cross on the roof. And it's not much different from Apple, Starbucks or McDonald's. You can buy an iPhone in one of Apple's cathedrals or stores in 25 countries. The non-fat decaf vanilla latte is available in 80 countries. And if you crave a Big Mac, the yellow M can be found in more than 100 countries around the earth. Just follow the signs. This author has written his undergraduate thesis about symbolism and could go on forever. But time is dollars, by the way, also great symbol. But what's to learn? If you want to make your customer part of your tribe, they won't belong, follow the thousands of years old playbook. Here are a couple of things you can do. Have a great visual. Think Mercedes, Nike or Coca-Cola. Second. Offer convincing myths and legends, stories like Steve Jobs, Sam Walton, or all the mystery about Ferrari and their race drivers. Number three, define behavioral norms of tribal members. Today we do this in things like employee handbooks or our corporate language. Number four, establish rituals and repeat them. Make them reliable and repeatable, like the Starbucks ordering process, or the Apple keynotes, or the flow that you follow when you walk through an IKEA store. And there's more. 22022022. It's not just a day. It's a reminder to be mindful about the powerful underlying mechanism that determines our behavior. When we create customer experience with that in mind, we allow our customers to connect on, with us on a much deeper level. And that helps our business too. MABCX customer moment number seven, 2022. Make every moment a victory for your customers. I found a transaction on my checking account I couldn't quite identify, so I called my bank. Doesn't sound so dramatic, but it turned into something traumatic. A little Waterloo rather than a shining Austerlitz, just to reference the French HSBC advertisement in the picture above. Before I tell the story, I must mention that HSBC US is in turmoil. They are exiting most of the US market and have sold their business to a bank called Citizens. The transition of all accounts was just two weeks away from the day I called in and I've learned that also a few days later a lot of employees had already left the organization. That much in their favor. It's never been easy for any organization that is in a state of dissolution. Yet, even in good times, HSBC has never been a leader in service for me. I can hardly think of a call that was under 20 minutes duration and there were too many that extended to over an hour. Last Tuesday was my personal record. A painful 4 hours and 20 minutes. 
During this mammal sessions, which included many different phone calls because the line broke up and so on, I've talked to 16 different HSBC employees. About half of them sitting in the continental US. I usually ask because I'm just curious how call centers work. And the other half in Southeast Asia. It's a still a miracle to me that we talk to people on the other side of the globe and it's instant without delay. At least that's probably what HSBC thinks. Because what's often lacking though is the sound quality. One employee during my mammoth call seemed to be sitting in the bathtub with the microphone underwater. The next one was so quiet that I had to crank up the volume only to get my eardrum nearly ruptured when she put the music back on. And the best is those sound terrorists had the audacity to tell me that my phone connection was bad. Here's a first takeaway. This is not about who answers and I don't mind mild to medium accents. But if you put your call center in Manila or Jakarta, make sure your call center agents have a good sounding line. If that's even possible, I don't know. Well, I've just talked to a friend a thousand miles away in St. Louis and he could hear me fine. My line's all right. And please, call center agents should never blame the customer for a bad sounding phone connection. Back to my infamous call. At HSBC and potentially other banks, they do have the habit to put you on a brief hold from time to time. The first brief hold last Tuesday was 43 minutes. The service agent came back just to tell me that she has an expert on the line now would transfer my call. I said, oh, great, thanks. She pushed a button and the line dropped. That was back to square one for me and it wasn't the last time it happened that day. All combined, I've had to explain myself 14 times all over again because I've had to bring the next expert up to speed or the line dropped or both. The latter instances could have been avoided if HSBC had called me back. Other banks and service organizations ask you for a callback number should the line get disconnected. There's nothing, nothing more frustrating than telling your story all over again. The official Groundhog Day is February 2nd. Now HSBC has put me in my personal infinite loop on February 7th. And then there's that music. We're all used to being put on brief hold, but after two to three minutes, the corporate tune that is playing becomes an instrument of torture. I still have the ring of the HSBC song in my ear after listening to it for about three hours. Heck, I was starting to play guitar to it, not to get dragged into the monotony of hundreds of repeats. And it does not have to be this way. During my last call with Apple, I was asked what kind of music I wanted to listen to or if I preferred to wait in silence. That's how it's done. Please, silence for me. Finally, this is not TripAdvisor or Google reviews. So this is in no way a revenge article. We're collecting customer moments to gain a deeper understanding of how customer experiences are being created and how they unfold. HSBC in this case, they're in transition and they deserve credit for it. I've probably seen them at their worst last week. However, a customer experience is defined by the minimum quality of service you can always deliver. Your worst day sets the standard, not your best day. Back to the beginning. The analogy to Napoleon's battles is not really my thing, but you want your customers to have an Austerlitz moment, which is a win in that example, 
every time they get in touch. Many of today's customers already move on after one Waterloo event already. That said, farewell HSBC, welcome citizens. Very curious to see what you have in store for us. If you like our content, please follow us here on LinkedIn and subscribe to our insightful newsletter on mabcx.com.